98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. Straight up to the clock on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo show. Here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, we are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Oh, man. It's just, just when you thought the Suns robert Sarver situation oh, was going to settle back down a little bit, right? Not that Adam we're rooting Silver for that. Oh, today. Adam Silver. No, it can't. It can, we don't want it. Nobody, it, it, it shouldn't go away. It has to be at the forefront. People have to learn from this. Yeah. And uh, there were a lot of mistakes made, and there's a punishment that's put out there, and there's a lot of con- there's a lot of things that are going to go forward now. You know, how are the other owners going to react? How are sponsors going to react? We've seen how the media react. We're seeing how fans react. The, the commissioner spoke today, so you know this is something that that has to continue because you know, look, this it, it, you have to take things seriously, right? This is a workplace environment. This is a culture. This is an organization that's you know that's in this community, and you know these things have to be. T- Taken seriously, so that's why it, it, it this will continue. And I'm glad you I, I'm glad you stepped in because I'm not trying to suggest in any way, shape, or form that this should go away or I want this to go away. I just kind of had a feeling doing this as long as I have and as long as you have that it was going to kind of go away. That yesterday was yeah. the big Robert Sarver. Here's what happened day, and today we weren't going to hear that much new about it. And then along comes Adam Silver, which is lighter fluid. Man, he's just pouring it all over the thing, and poosh, we just got flames everywhere now. As people are reacting to what he had to say, let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. The commissioner of the NBA today weighed in on the one-year suspension of Robert Sarver. And I think for the first time in the history of him being the commissioner of the NBA, he sounded like a commissioner. And I don't mean that in a good way. Yes. He sounded like a lawyer today. Yes. He sounded like a guy who was employed by 30 NBA owners and not necessarily looking out for the welfare of the NBA. Yep. He sounded like a, like, how many times have we worked Roger Goodell or Gary Bettman or, or Bud Selig or Rob Manfred, right? For saying, today, I kind of feel like Adam Silver joined the commissioner club. You're in. Welcome. Do you agree? You agree? Yeah. 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 I mean, he got asked some tough, tough questions today. Some tough questions. Um, and, and listen, and I'll just say this and I'll, I'll just come out with this. You know, I tweeted this just a short time ago. I spoke with different people around the NBA today. Okay. And, and you know who some of those people are. We're talking, you know, a lot of the big wigs in the NBA. I spoke mm-hmm. with some of them, uh, for sure. And one of the things, the speculation that they are hearing is, is that the NBA feared a legal battle with Robert Sarber because they did not believe one they did not believe that they could win it and two that you know the speculation that I received is that you know there's a, there could be a lot of dirty laundry that could be aired from a lot of other owners over a long time so they put the report out there and the point was to now let it run let it run its course let it run its course and I, Cameron Cox um, just tweeted me and said Suns players head coach GM other big names around the league sponsors all hold the cards now yes yeah, yeah. I, I think what the NBA did is look here's the punishment this is what we could do this is far 
far as we could go with this. It's a $10 million fine. It's a one-year suspension. But we'll put the whole report out there. Now, let, let, it, let, it, let it run its course. Let nature run its course on Media, this one. fans, yep. sponsors, owners, they ultimately can decide if this is going to go any further or if it ends right here. Like, you know, and, and I'm not sure what's going to happen, but that is the speculation that I've heard from people that are very high up in the NBA is that that, that is what happened. It was almost like the NBA decided it's fourth and three. Uh, we're going to punt the ball. We're going to punt it. And then we're going to see what the other team does with it. I'm going to punt it, and we're going to see what the other team does with the ball. Make you do something with the ball, and mm-hmm. we'll play defense on yes. this one. Adam Silver today, it was Board of Governors meeting, and the, it's it's a two one long soundbite that we cut into, but we think for the sake of context, it's worth that you hear it all, and then we'll play some of the other stuff if we have chance from, from Adam Silver. Adam Silver was asked a very pointed question, and the question basically went something like this. Look, if I did this, I'd get fired. If most people did this, they'd get fired. If anybody in the workplace acted like Robert Sarver acted per this report, they'd get fired. Why is he held to a different standard than basically any other employee who works for the NBA? Here's what Adam Silver said, part one. There are particular rights here of someone who owns an NBA team as to some as opposed to somebody who's an employee. I, I, uh, the equivalent of a $10 million fine and a one-year suspension, I don't know how to measure that against a job, but I have certain authority by virtue of this organization, and that's what I exercised. Um, I don't have the right to take away his team. I don't want to rest on that neat legal point because, of course, there could be a process to take away someone's team in this league. It's very involved, and I ultimately made the decision that it didn't rise to that level. It didn't rise to that level. I don't have the right to take away his team. After all our investigation, we didn't think that it rose to that level. But the but the point in there is phenomenal, right? That that the the employees being held to a different standard yeah. than the than the owner. Like he's an owner. He's got a. Diff- it's almost like he said without fascinating. saying. Fascinating. He's got a different set of rules. There's just a different set of rules that apply to him than any. And, and, right. and he he went on and said it he, again here. Owning a team is different than being employed by it. To me, the consequences are severe here, on Mr. Sarver. Reputationally, it's hard to even make those comparisons to somebody who commits an inappropriate act in the workplace in somewhat of an anonymous fashion versus what is a, a huge public issue now ar- around this person. So. There's no neat answer here. I mean, it's other, other than owning property, the rights that come with 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 owning an NBA team. Um, you know how that's set up within our constitution. Um, what it would take to remove that team, you know, from his control, is a very involved process, and it's different than holding a job. It just is when 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 you actually um, own. A team. It's a, it's just a very different proposition. Man, he struggled with that. Sure he did. struggled. Well, he sure did. Struggled to yeah. tell everybody. Here's the reality. He owns the team. Yeah. He owns the team. Like different standard. Look, many CEOs have been fired for less. Not let's not make no mistake about that. And you know, listen, the way you treat people matters. And and clearly, the reputation. And I said this yesterday. 
I think the biggest damage isn't the $10 million fine, nor even the year away from the team. It's, it's your reputation. Yeah. It's, you have you to, mentioned you, that you, yesterday. You have a family. You have a wife. You have kids. Your reputation, the way, the way, look, because now they, you know, they, they, you know, your kids are involved here. Your family's involved here. The way people look at them, the way people, oh, that's your dad. You know, that's your husband. So the reputation to me is the, is a bigger hit than the fine or the one year suspension. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if you're one of the employees who you're still there with the sons or you left your job with the Suns because of how things went down over the last 10 years and you hear a sound bite like that that basically sounds like, hey, you know what? If you own the team, you got a blank check. If you own the team, you, you've, you've just got a different set of rules, a different set of standards, a different set of, of things that you can live by when it comes to decorum at the workplace and, and how things go at the workplace and how frustrating that's got to be to hear it. Now, I mean, look, if we're just being honest about it, and I'm going to be really honest about this, that kind of inequity exists at workplaces all across America, right? I mean, there's just a different set of rules for the employee that's five or six levels down on the float chart than the guy or the gal who's at the top of it. That's just, that's kind of a common thing. It shouldn't be, but it is. But to hear it said out loud like that is is just a and, – and I really – we're going to get into this in a couple of minutes because this idea of, of legally our hands are tied here. Let's just put this out there and see what happens I think is one that – we really need to explore the NBA. If something does happen, the NBA could say, look, we're, you know, we, you know, don't come back and, and come after us. We're off the hook here. We, we, we only gave you a one year suspension, but what's weird. I just want to say this. Yeah, go ahead. What, what's, what's really weird about this is like, I don't know, in some ways yeah, I kind of feel like it's insecurity. Like, you know, you would expect a 20 year old kid to talk about how much money he makes and how much sex he has. And you know what you wouldn't think a leader, like a 50 something year old leader of an organization would, you know, yeah. now, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago, clearly, look, let's let's just call it 15, 20 years ago, you know, that was more commonplace and wasn't frowned upon. But like we've, we've evolved like that stuff doesn't happen anymore. I mean, you don't you don't talk that way, but you are the leader of an organization. And, you know, those those inappropriate comments, they offend people. And that should not come from the leader of an organization or uh, anyone. Adam Silver said at no point during this process that he discussed with Robert Sil- what Robert Sarver, pardon me, the possibility of him voluntarily choosing to sell the Phoenix Suns. Um, Adam Silver said he had the option to go longer than a one-year suspension for Robert Sarver, but landed on one year, noting it is the second longest suspension in NBA history. Uh, as for his remorse, Silver said Robert was taking, quote, complete accountability and seemed remorseful. Silver went on to say, quote, there's no question he He's on notice. He knows that, close quote, on whether Robert Sarver will actually change his behavior. Um, And once again, reiterated, he took full accountability and is remorseful for what he's done. Now, there are quotes out there from a story that Dwayne Rankin of AZ Central did back in November, about two or three weeks after the allegations were first reported upon by ESPN, in which Robert Sarver... clearly denied doing anything wrong, vociferously denied doing anything wrong. Now we're hearing he's taking full accountability and has acknowledged what he has done is wrong. I, I you know, I, I know what changed, but obviously that is a market change from how Robert Sarver responded to this back in November when the when the allegations were first made public. Yeah, I, I think as you look, I think in the beginning it was a lot of, hey, you know, Ryan McDonough is a disgruntled employee and Earl Watson is a disgruntled employee and it's just a couple of employees that are disgruntled and they're not happy they lost their job but clearly 
you can't just blame it on those guys anymore no, no. because these, you know, there is there was like a hundred people that are involved having said something. It's not just you know Ryan McDonough and Earl Watson anymore. All right, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we're going to dive a little deeper into why more wasn't done, and from a legal standpoint, what might have happened had more been done by the NBA. We'll talk about that coming up. John Gambadoro, Dave Burns, we're the Burns and Gambo show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. I had the option to go longer. Um, I landed on one year. I will say it's the second um, longest suspension um, in the history of our league. So just to put it in some sort of context. And like I said yesterday, as you, we welcome you back to the Burns and Gambo show. I'm trying and, to justify that. And, and, and I agree with you. The, the most damage that has been done here, truly in terms of punishment, is to that of Sarver's reputation. And, and honestly, I, I worry now, and this is a legit worry for me. I worry now that now that all this stuff has come public, that there are going to be players who are like, yeah, I'm not playing for them. <laughs> I don't want to play for him. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't. Even if it's done, even if it's cleaned up, even if it's fixed, I don't want to. I don't want to play for a guy like that. And, and, and I'm I'm legit worried that because a one year suspension, as we talked about yesterday, there is not a single major decision that's going to go through that organization in the next year that isn't going to get passed by Robert Sarver first. He is he if they're going to go out and get Boyan Bogdanovich sometime in the next few weeks, Robert Sarver will approve that transaction one way or another, somehow or or another. He will approve that. So this idea that he's truly separated from the organization, a I don't buy. $10 million being the maximum fine they were allowed to give him, fine, but $10 million is nothing here in this set of circumstances. It's the damage to him and the damage to his reputation. Now, as we've said many times over the course of the last 24 hours, is this the end of the story or is this the beginning of the story? And let's talk about the legal ramifications here of this because there are many who believe, and I know you've talked to many around the league, and I have been privy to some of those conversations that the league might have been worried that if they came down harder on Robert Sarver, that they were going to hear from the lawyers and it was going to get nasty. Yeah, of course. And I think one of the other things was, I mean, you know, Robert's been an owner for almost 20 years now, right? 18 years, whatever it is. I mean, what? how many and the other you first of all, you'd have to get a 75 percent vote of the other owners to, to axe an, an owner to make an owner forced to sell his team to, to, to get him out. How many of those owners would be concerned that, you know, that something that they did five years ago, 10 years ago could come up? Mm-hmm. How many of those owners have been owners for a long time? And man, okay, I don't have the perfect workplace environment either. You know, I've had times where we swept things under the carpet sure. or things like that. So I do think that from what I heard, and I'm only saying what I've heard, okay? And, mm-hmm. you know, there was a fear of that, like that other owners would not support uh, banishing Robert. So now I'm sure some of those owners felt like, okay, you know, obviously clearly mistake, the fine, the, a year of suspension, the, um, you know, the uh, embarrassment of all of this, it's enough. Like, that's enough. You know, you don't have to need to make him force to, force to sell his team. Look, he's guilty of being an idiot, okay? <laughs> I mean, that, he's, guilty, he's guilty of being an Sorry, idiot. that's not funny. It's, no, you but know it doesn't what, make I'm, you... A, I'm laughing because I didn't you, expect you to say it, but but he's... It doesn't make you a racist. It's, again, I think you're guilty of being stupid. You're being, uh, being a moron or an idiot. Like, you're guilty of that because who does those things? Like you, like you gotta be. You're you're a leader of an organization. You're a leader of people. Like you have to ha- you have a higher standard for yourself to lead those people. So, but I do think that there was probably some fear that if you wanted to take it further, I'm sure those discussions took place. Sure, they did. 
should we go further? And the feeling was no, because you probably wouldn't. First of all, you might not. You probably weren't going to win a legal battle with Robert over this because it's probably, you know, the lawyers probably said that's not enough to make a guy lose his franchise. Come on. Even the NBA said, like, it wasn't, like, intentionally, he wasn't intentionally trying, like, he just did it out of being dumb. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that you would have won a legal battle. And then second, I don't know that the other owners would have supported it if you tried to go any further. Somebody suggested, and I think it was an NBA writer over at Yahoo, Vincent Goodwill, who had suggested on Twitter today, and actually wrote a story that went along with it, that that much like a, much like a president who doesn't take a bill to Congress unless he knows he's got the votes to get it to pass, Adam Silver's kind of in the same spot. He probably knew he didn't have the votes. He probably knew he didn't have the votes among the NBA owners to oust Robert Sarver, so he's not going to go there because he knows he doesn't have that kind of support. And for the legal aspect of all of this, yeah, he again, Vincent Goodwill wrote basically what you just said. Um, the next step likely would have been litigation from Sarver's side, followed by discovery, which opens everyone's doors and everyone's closets for public scrutiny. Discovery was the invisible weapon Colin Kaepernick wielded in his law lawsuit against the NFL. That led to a settlement. Discovery was the not-so-friendly fire that John Gruden caught between the eyes from his emails years ago that cost him his $100 million gig. Discovery and what the legal process would have done with that information. Now, your tweet that you sent out about 15 minutes before the show is spot on because in some ways, what Adam Silver and the NBA has done is said, hey, our hands are tied. We gave him the suspension. One year, $10 million fine. It's the second longest suspension in the history of the league, and it's the most we could possibly fine him. Now, you do with this what you want. Be tried in the court of public opinion. Minority owners, players, sponsors. people around the league, sponsors, and maybe, maybe nothing happens. Maybe something does. I don't know. Like yeah. I don't know where that goes from there. I Like I mentioned yesterday, and I reported yesterday, I know John Najafi, one of the owners, has been butting heads with Robert Sarver for years. Robert's tried to buy him out for four years. Uh, John has opposed Robert on a bunch of different things. I think he, I think John Najafi, from what I've heard, would love to take over the organization and run the Phoenix Suns and be the primary owner. You know, he did not sign the statement of support for Robert Sarver. Neither did his brother Francis, and there was one other owner that didn't. You know, could there be a play here where they just say, look, there's going to be damage is done. Our reputation is damaged. The um, the entity is damaged. You know, we could look like, you know, does or maybe nothing happens. Or maybe I, nothing I happens. I don't know. I don't know. But I think what the NFL did is they said, look, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to punt the ball. And, you know, now let's see what happens. And and by putting the whole report out there and then by Adam answering the questions today, you do have the fans, you have the media, you have the sponsors, you have the owners, you have, you know, now we'll see what happens. Now, does this, you know... Um, you know, does this blow over in in a week or two weeks or three weeks? And when camp starts and everything's, it's, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Right. Robert's not going to be there. Or does something happen? Like when training camp starts, does everybody in the Phoenix Sun, you're going to be asked about it. Of course. I mean, of course. you know, when you're Devin Booker and Chris Paul yeah. and all of these players and you're the general manager and you're the coach and you're asked about that, do you say, you know, I agree with the NBA, they felt they needed to do this, um, and then you just move on and you go about your business? Or do you do you put your foot down and say, I'm not, play, I'm not playing, I'm not coaching, I'm not... And honestly, it was that threat. 
It was. I mean, we read the story yesterday with the Donald Sterling situation. Chris Paul, oh, it's Chris Paul not to play. Not to play. Yeah. Does this rise to that level? And that's the thing. I want to hear from. And I want to say this because I said this yesterday, uh-huh. and I want to make sure I repeat this. I want to hear from Chris on this topic. I want to hear from Devin on this topic. I want to hear from Monty and James on this topic. But I don't think it's fair that they should have to bear the burden of deciding whether this story is done or not. You know, I think that that feels unfair to say. Okay, Chris, the ball's in your court. What are you going to do about this? That that. that doesn't that doesn't seem fair to put that on Chris as much as I'm curious to see what Chris does, what Monty does. It feels very unfair to put that kind of burden on them. And yet that's exactly where it's on right now. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I mean, you know, I do. Those guys may, you know, say, listen, I know the way he treated me, the way he treated my family. But, you know, when when you when you're in the hallway talking about other things. Look, if you're demeaning and, and it may be like it's 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 people below you, beneath you, like you don't have those conversations with players or coaches or other people. But, you know, it's employees. Look, some of the things, you know, that you look at, you know, like as a father of four daughters, I mean, if, if my daughter came home and said somebody, I'd be freaking livid. You know, I mean, I would show up at of that course. guy's door. Right. Of course. If somebody, if you know, if somebody said to me, hey, did you have a little work done over the summer on you? Like if somebody said that to one of my my, my daughters. I mean, I'd probably pay them a visit. Like, I would probably pay them a visit. Like, you just, you can't do that. No, you, you can't. can't. Now, does that mean he should lose his franchise over it? You know, maybe not. I mean, maybe he needs a knuckle sandwich more than he needs anything else. Like, you know, um, but that's the type of things that, you know, now as as sponsors and other owners and stuff like that, you've got you've to think about that yourself. Yeah. Yourself. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, we turn our attention to the Cardinals looking for the return of several key guys on their roster. How close are they to getting key guys back on their roster? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, back here on Burns and Gambo. Eric Ruby is with us with today's Twitter poll question of the day. Switching gears for now, at least, from Robert Sarver and Adam Silver and the drama that's engulfed us here with the NBA franchise. We turn our attention to the drama that's engulfed us. I was about to say, it's, it's, it's still drama. It's still drama. Still a lot of questions. We don't Not- want no drama, but we're getting it now. In fact, I had to laugh. Uh, our buddy Mark McClune over at Channel 3 and yes. Channel 5 sent out a tweet last night, this morning. I can't remember when. Because you know what? The next time the Suns are in the NBA Finals and the Cardinals are at 7-0, I'm just going to enjoy it. <laughs> I saw that. I'm just going to enjoy it more. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, bravo, Mark. Yeah. That's amen. Yeah, just, you know, when things are good around here, just, mm. just enjoy them. As opposed to the owner being suspended for a year and the local NFL franchise losing by... Not that the two are comparable, because they're not. One's just Makes me think how fast the time changes. Oh, I know, right? It wasn't... Only getting older, baby. It wasn't that long ago that it felt like we were on top of the world. But I'm not trying to compare the two. I've been thinking about it lately. (laughs) Does it ever drive you crazy just how fast the night changes? quoting a song. I I should have known he was quoting a song, Eric. He's always quoting a song. He really is. four hours of song. Yeah, but that's a newer song. You guys should be proud of me right there. Anything past like 2005, I think I'm proud that's of. Like, that's like Harry Styles. I'm, I'm, like that's Harry Styles. One Direction, I think. Come I'm on. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Gambo. Good yeah. job. Alright, uh, poll question today. What do you have for us there? Well, uh, the Cardinals didn't make everybody proud week one and some are saying the roster is incomplete at certain areas, but the question is, are there any free agents on the market right now that can make the Cardinals better? Either yes, sign some 
somebody as soon as possible. Or no, despite it only being into week two, it's already too late. This is a tough one. I kind of think it's too late. But then I think, like, Indomitian Suze is still a good player. Like, he... I don't know. I think it's... I think I'm going to go with too late, but I could see that there might be one or two guys that might be able to help. Man, just a random comment on Sue. Did you see he's 250 to one to be Nebraska's next head coach? Get out. And Dominican Sue, Seriously? 250 to one, long shot, but still. How many guys are in front of him? Do you know? I think it was close to 12. I voted for Ted Lasso. I think he would do a great job with Nebraska football. <laughs> that's Jumping the next, from that's F- the next season. I think Ted Lasso. I mean, he's only got one more season well, left on his current deal. Jumping from FCS to FBS, that's a tall task. I mean, but think about where, what he's jumped already. Like, they, this guy should proven that he could go from one country to another and be successful. You lose at home to Georgia Southern, that's a good sign for the be a goldfish speech from Ted Lasso. Be a goldfish. Just forget about it. Forget about it. Was it Georgia Southern? Right? Mm-hmm. Was that who it was? Yeah, they, they lost to Georgia Southern. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to vote that it's not too late and there's one name that's standing out in my head as the reason why and you know who that name is who Rasul Rasul Douglas Rasul Douglas no I'm being serious no you're laughing no it's just it's it's full circle right Rasul Douglas made an impact for the Green Bay Packers it's undeniable he made an impact for the Green Bay Packers you got to find the right guy, and you're probably going to have to try on 10 different pairs of shoes before you find even one that fit. But to think that there isn't somebody out there who can help, Mitch is right. And oh, Nebraska God. coaching surge. And Dominican Sue says he's ready to be a head coach. <laughs> Another story, and Dominican Sue wants coaching job. NFL wow. World Reacts. <laughs> wow. Go get it. If the NFL thing doesn't work out. You know, you really going to go get another alum? You know, you going to go get another guy who he played? Tweet, he tweeted, I'm, if anyone's asking, I'm ready to be a head coach. Wow. That would be a story. Put me down for, they can. it, it, it would help. It it's not help. too late. This it's was not a too blowout. Late. It's an absolute blowout. 75% say sign somebody ASAP. It might be the scrap heap, but one man's trash is another's treasure. That means 25.2% say it's too late. Join in with Gambo. All right, so we're running about 75% right now. Go get somebody. They haven't really done it yet. They've made a few additions to the practice squad. I know. I, I Disappointing. I really Because now we're in that stage where the contracts aren't guaranteed. You know, if you sign a guy and he doesn't you work out for you for a few weeks, you're not on the hook for a lot of money if you don't want to be. Right. You don't have to pay him for the full year. You know, and and yet we kind of just limp along at this point. The Cardinals were back on the field today and during the open portion of the practice. Here were the guys who were not practicing. Tight end Zach Ertz. Wide receiver Andy Isabella. Wide receiver Rondell Moore. Center Rodney Hudson. Tackle Kelvin Beecham. Defensive end J.J. Watt. Safety Jalen Thompson. There's some guys on there where you go, okay, I'm expecting to see that guy. Yeah, I was kind of expecting that guy. I wasn't expecting to see Jalen Thompson on the list. I wasn't expecting to see Andy Isabella on the list. I wasn't expecting to see Kevin Beecham on the list. You want some updates from Cliff on this? I'll I'll take the updates. Yes. (laughs) Okay, let's see if we can can cheer anybody up. Update on J.J. Watt per Cliff. Early in the week, so we'll see um, how that progresses, but don't have much on it right now. Okay, so we're waiting and seeing on that one. Um, How 
How about Rondale Moore, Marco Wilson, and Trayvon Mullen? And Mullen was participating today, by the way. Marco did some stuff today, so that was promising. And Rondale, we'll, we'll see how the week progresses. Same with Trayvon. He, he was out there today, didn't do much, but um, we'll see how he feels later on. Is, so so president practice, Justin Pugh, Marcus Golden, Marco Wilson, Trayvon Mullen, president practice. Yeah, uh, the okay. chance that he plays? I'm not sure. Um, you know, he's made good progress the last couple weeks, but we don't want to rush him either. So we'll, we'll make sure he's confident learning a new system. You don't want to put him out there unless he's 100%. So uh, we'll see how he feels into the week. How about a little Justin Pugh update? He'll be day-to-day. Um, you know, we, we, he's getting better, but I'm not sure he'll be all the way by, by Sunday. Okay, that that's almost as definitive as Cliff is going to be at this point in the week about an injury and just the fact that I don't think he's going to be ready by the end of the week. So no Pew, no um, Cody Ford because he's on the injured reserve. He can't play for the first four weeks. Right, right. Is this Max Garcia time now? Yes. At left guard over yeah. Sean Harlow because Sean oh, Harlow my God, was yeah. so oh, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. I mean, we saw Sean, Har- Sean Harlow play. It wasn't very good. Max Garcia is a decent veteran player. He's a decent veteran player. He can come in in a pinch and play. He's better suited right now to be a backup, but if he had to, has to start for a certain amount of time, he can. Um, it's just hard. It's, it's, it's hard because, you know, you, you definitely need some help in certain areas. And it's just, you know, the, the guys that are out there right now, like I've checked on like even cornerbacks. Okay. So cornerbacks that are available, Joe Hayden, AJ Bowie, Chris Harris, Xavier Rhodes, old, slow. Sure. And expensive. Like that, like I don't think there's any interest in those guys. I don't think. So to your point, like, can you find a Rasul Douglas? So to your, to, to, just to back up your point a little bit more, I don't think that there's interest in the veteran names that are out there. Okay. Joe Hayden, everybody knows the name. AJ Bowie, you know the name. Yeah. Chris Harris, you know the name. Xavier, Ro- you know those names. If they are going to get somebody, it's probably going to be more to what you were leaning towards. It's probably going to have to be a Rasul Douglas that they take a chance on rather than an older, slower player who might be looking for Hey, does anybody want to pay me for one more year? Like, you know, that type of guy. Yeah. Um, one more on the injury front. Uh, Zach Ertz, who, and this is, I think, classifies as good news. I feel like by tomorrow, he should be practicing fully. Yeah. Okay. And, and I got to imagine some of these guys, too, like Ertz getting today off. And if Cliff thinks he's going to be back practicing tomorrow, like a Rodney Hudson, like a Kelvin Beecham. I wonder if those are more veteran day off kind of things. You know, let's give you Wednesday off and then have you back practicing Thursday. Sure, sure. JJ, I don't know what his status is going to be or when he's going to be back. Um, Cliff reiterated today that we just need to be smart with the injured guys. Once we get past week four, we got a bunch of guys coming off that, that injury reserve. So we got to hang in there until then. And, and like I said, we, we don't want to do anything drastic that could set them back uh, for the entire season or, or multiple games. And so you want them out there, but you want to be smart at the same time. Man. Where are you going to be after four games? I know. I know. Like, where are you going to be? Maybe a poll question. 0 and 4, 1 and 3, 2 and 2, 3 and 1. I, I'll take out 3 and 1. I think that's going to be hard. I be I will be thrilled with 2 and 2. Oh, my gosh. I'll take 2 and 2 right now. You could sign me up. I don't even have to need to look what's behind door number 2 or 3. I don't even care who the two are. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, you, you, would it be nice if it were a divisional game against the Rams? Sure, but at this point, 2 and 2 and just give you a chance to still be in the game. I, I mean, I, I I think the realistic answer is probably 1 and 3, just based off of the schedule, based off of who they play. I mean, I think 0 oh and 3 is, is staring them right in the face, staring them cold with the schedule and the way it is and this injury situation that Cliff has kind of alluded 
floating the idea that, you know, we're not going to rush this, you know, almost almost as if saying, you know, these first few games of the season, we're going to be really cautious. And 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 look, and this kind of speaks to something we talked a lot about yesterday. And frankly, we talked a lot about all summer. Yeah, it's almost like the Cardinals are saying Last year, the beginning of the season really, really mattered to us. This year, the end of the season really, really matters to us. And we're putting the emphasis on that. Yeah. We're putting the emphasis on November. Maybe and next December. year they'll just put the emphasis on the whole first and <laughs> half and the second half but, and try to put it all together. But it begs the question, can they survive September and October in order yeah. to be relevant in November and December when they're getting guys back and getting healthy? And I don't know the, the answer the, to the that. The Thursday question. and the Friday practices more matter a lot more than Wednesday. When, you know, you got to play list guys on the injured list or else you get in trouble so you don't pay too much attention to the injury report today but you know if they don't if they if they don't practice Thursday and Friday then you, then you're in big trouble with those guys yeah so you've got it Thursday and Friday well, that'll be the one tomorrow we'll see that injury report and I would expect that less guys will be on it and we've got the Burns and Gambo show podcast you can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android and you're not going to miss any of the shows the Burns and Gambo show podcast brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley get a higher price selling your home get guaranteed offers go to higherprice.com that's higherprice.com we are clearly worried about the cardinals it turns out so is the national media we'll share the concerns with you next here on burns and gambo 98.7 fm arizona sports station burns and gambo john gambo dave burns the Burns and Gambo Show. Happy Wednesday to you. Not that there's a lot to be happy about with everything that's gone down the last two or three days around here. Because there is. You wake up and you're breathing. Did you wake up and you were breathing? I woke up and I was breathing. I woke Mitch, up. Did you wake up and you were breathing? I think so. Eric, were you breathing today? Did you wake up and you were breathing? Okay, I think that, that, that's something to be happy that's a, about. That's a good day. Yeah, I woke up. I'm alive. Right. Like, let's not look at you, you know. getting all. Deep and philosophical. I like that. That's yes. good. Yeah, it's one of the first things everybody should do every morning when they wake up. Yeah, just be glad you woke up. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. The world is my oyster. Wow. Let's go. Sometimes your depth surprises me, my friend. Sometimes it. I wasn't expecting that sort of. Yeah, kind of. Um, sort Y'all are trying to get clickbait. <laughs> no, 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 no. You gotta appreciate things in life, especially as you get older. I think you reflect a little bit more. Look. Well, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Yeah. I'm not getting any younger. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> somebody, somebody meditated today. I like it. Um, before we talk about why we're worried about the Cardinals, mm-hmm. let's revisit the conversation we had just a moment ago in the last yeah. segment of the show. If you missed it, we were the poll question kind of sparked this conversation about should the Cardinals go out to add anybody right now? And we're at that point where we're through week one. Contracts in the NFL aren't guaranteed yeah. from this point on, and we've kind of been surprised the Cardinals haven't done anything yet. Well, what do you got? Well, I, I'm just going to throw a name out there that I think that they could look at. I think there's a chance that they could take a look at a guy like this. And I don't think it's Indomitian Sue. But I'm going to continue to say that one of the names, if you're looking for pass rush help. Now, again, I don't know if they would sign this guy or not. Uh, he's not in for a visit. There's nothing to report there. But I would just keep just keep an eye on JPP. Keep an eye on Jason Pierre-Paul. Didn't have a good year last year. A little bit of a shoulder injury. But he's always been a guy that plays hard, gives you an effort. Um, I would just say that that's a guy. And again, is he's not in. There's no visit or anything like that. But I think if they are going to look for pass rush help, I, I think that I, I would not rule out Jason Pierre-Paul as a guy to to 
to consider. Okay. I don't think Sue, you know, and I like Sue, but I don't, you know, he wants to go coach and he's going to coach. So I, I, I think that there's, you know, that they're, they, they could be looking for pass rush help at some point and probably soon. Three-time Pro Bowler, uh, an all-pro player in the past, two-time Super Bowl champ. Jason Pierre-Paul is 33 years old. He'll turn 34 on New Year's Day. Last year for Tampa, he played in 12 games. He had two and a half sacks, as you admitted. Not the best year. Last year, he defended four passes. The year before, he was quite good for Tampa in 2020. He played in all 16 games. He had nine and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, six passes defensed. Um, he had two interceptions two years ago. Again, last year, big step back, and he's an older player, so it's kind of one of those not sure what you're going to get game in and game out, down in and down out, but an interesting guy to keep an eye on. Okay, that's good. That's uh, I, I desperately Just want keep, the Cardinals to do yeah. something. That would be if you said to me, like, give me one guy you think they could go after. I would give you Jason Pierre-Paul. Okay. okay. Again, he's not like there's no visit scheduled or anything like that, but I, you know, I, if you said, hey, give me a name, somebody, they're gonna, like, I would, I would say JPP could be an option at some point. Cardinals and the Raiders coming up on Sunday, and two different stories here that paint two very different stories about which team we should be more worried about going into this weekend. Now, we're, of course, going to be more worried about the Cardinals. You and I don't care about the Raiders, but if you're a fan of them, I suppose you do. This morning on ESPN.com, they did kind of a roundtable story. They do this every week with Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler. And one of the roundtable questions posed to those two guys, which team should be the most worried after week one? Graziano played the easy card and said the Dallas Cowboys said easy answer. So worried about them with Dak Prescott. He's probably not wrong. Jeremy Fowler wrote, I'll go in a different direction and say the Cardinals. They looked pretty lifeless against oh, Kansas man. City. And I'm starting to wonder if they overachieved in Cliff Kingsbury's first three years. Arizona needs more pieces on defense and misses star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. I expect the Cardinals to rebound, but there's a lot to overcome here. And Graziano added, yeah, I was at that game and lifeless is the right word. They're beaten up with injuries right now and playing without Hopkins isn't going to help. How much play in the, does playing the charges in the Kansas City Chiefs factor in? Two of the best quarterbacks and best options offenses, and best teams in the league. Like, how much does that factor in for... Playing the Chargers? The Raiders. Oh, you said the Chargers. I'm sorry, I was... I, I the thought... Raiders played the Chargers. Oh, the Raiders played the Chargers. Okay, I'm sorry, oh, I didn't no, explain no, myself very well. I don't do that. No, no, no. The Raiders played the Chargers. There's concerns about the Raiders. Yes. The Cardinals played the Chiefs. There's concern about... There's concern... My, my, you know, I, oh, no, I understand now. Yeah. You, you, most it's, of the it's time, fine. I say stuff that's not, you know, very... most. <laughs> but you understand me, and I don't have to explain myself. But that was one I probably should have explained myself. the rare occasion where I needed a little explanation, but usually I Usually, yeah, you've been around me for a long time. You usually speak my language. <laughs> I mean, like, there are some concerns. Okay, the Rams have a lot of concerns. Who do they play? The Rams played the Buffalo right. Bills. The Rams played the Bills. So there's a lot of concerns. They played the Bills. The Bills exposed a lot of problems with the Rams. Kansas City exposed a lot, exposed a lot of problems. The Chargers exposed a lot of problems. If you want to hit zoom out, I'll, I'll even say the Bucks exposed a lot of problems with, with the, the Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, right? Yeah. yeah. Those are four pretty good football teams those teams lost yeah. to. I, Cowboys I, have had the same problems for 25 <laughs> years, though. Yeah, his name is Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. <laughs> it's awful. That's the problem. He's really good at owning a team. He's terrible yeah. at running a team. Terrible at it. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it. I mean, look, you you know how I feel about the Chargers. If I were giving you three teams to win the Super Bowl this year, you and I would agree on who those three teams are. Kansas City, Buffalo, and 
I said Green Bay. Yeah, I, and I would agree, even though they looked bad in week one. Mm. If you were to give me a fourth team, you go Chargers? Oh, absolutely. That's the fourth team I would have them. I think they're good. I think they're real. I think Justin Herbert's going to have an all everything kind of year. Their defense is much improved. Khalil Mack stays healthy. He and Joey Bosa are going to reach line. Havoc. They didn't even have J.C. Jackson. You know, wait until they get him. I think they're great. So, how much do the Cardinals' struggles are rooted in the fact they played the Chiefs? Many of them. The Raiders, same thing. That they played the Chargers. One of these two teams. Now, what I fear is, is that going into this week's game. One of these two struggling teams is going to have a get-right moment, and the Raiders look far more better poised to have the get-right moment. But there is a major weakness on the Raiders. Oh, yeah. That, you know, with that offensive line, that if you... Now, do you have the talent to expose it? You didn't against Kansas City and Mahomes, but, you know, in going through a lot of the tape of that game, there was definitely plays left all over the field that the Cardinals missed, uh, you know, on offense and then, you know, defensively, you know, as well. But do they have the talent to to over? Now, maybe maybe that talent will shine against a bad offensive line. Yeah, the reason we're mentioning the Raiders in this, there was also another story on ESPN.com, which contenders should be worried after week one. Cardinals didn't make this. This cut because Barnwell didn't consider the Cardinals a contender, but the Raiders did. Yep. And he said, I'm, I'm pessimistic about this team. I'm pessimistic about their roster build and the way they put it together. An offensive line wasn't very good. Justin Herbert had all the time in the world to throw when he had Chandler Jones, and we'll talk more about him in a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's it's he thinks the Raiders should be very concerned about how they started the season, but to Gambo's point, you're not wrong. Starting the season against against yeah, when you the Chargers season against the Bills, tough, the Chargers, the yeah. Chiefs. Yeah, you, you get punched in the mouth. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Robert Sarver issued an apology yesterday. Adam Silver held a press conference today. Was it enough from the owner of the Suns? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo show.